1: This episode of the Cult Popture podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at dubdubdubpatreoncom slash Welcome to the Cult Popshire Podcast. You're once again just here with AJ. Richard is still in China, and so we're going to continue to release another one of our Patreon sample packs. This is Volume 6, um, and this is, of course, our... It's something we do when we're having a break for the year uh where you go into our patreon backlog which has two exclusive podcasts on it and we release a little sample so that you can all hear it and all be like huh maybe i will join the patreon over at patreon.com slash cold pop so the first thing we're going to play you today is an episode of film franchise follow-ups which is our podcast on our five dollar cult member tier uh where we revisit a franchise we've done on the main show and we either watch like a spin-off supplementary material, um, or we watch a new movie that's come out. And in this case, we're hearkening all the way back to our X-Men episode, and we're giving you our episode on the new mutants movie that came out a couple of years back, the much delayed new mutants movie. And we wanted to release this episode because it's a little bit sexy. Uh, and you'll see why. Uh, it's because we have to whisper very quietly uh, when recording it. And it always felt like sort of a classic, a cult classic, if you will. Um, and then we're going to play you an episode of our $10 tier uh, cult leader p- podcast which is called generic underscore movie underscore podcast.exe where patrons vote and su- suggest and vote on a sequel movie for us to do a review on and this is our episode on M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening, A very fun episode so stay tuned for that but first let's get into film franchise follow-ups with The New Mutants Hello, everybody, and welcome to to uh, Film Franchise Follow-Ups After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> it is That's currently right. 20 to midnight, and I, I've not tested the waters of how loud I can be in my room yeah, this so late. It's, it's
0: going to be a very, very sensual podcast yeah. brought to you by two very sensual boys. <laughs> but you know what? That's why what? you sign up to the Patreon, isn't
1: it? There's this X-rated content.
0: <laughs> Have you got any X-rated things you want to get off your chest?
1: Um, no.
0: Mm. Oh, baby.
1: I've got some X-Men related things I want to get off my chest. <laughs> Is that good? Yes. I think that's a good good segue.
0: Mm, um. Yeah. Because uh, this is Film Franchise Follow-Ups, and as you well know, being a uh, member of our Patreon, if you're a new one, welcome. Thank you for joining. This is just one of the things we do, um, where we follow up a film franchise we'd previously covered, and so leading up to the release of Logan in oh. 2017, uh, we covered all uh, uh, 10 X-Men films that were at that time. Um But not long after that, we would get a new piece of uh, X-Men media, which was the new Mutants trailer, Um, and then it would take a full three years for the film to actually be released. Three years. But do you know what? We've seen it.
1: We've seen it. And look, I think, Richard, if I might, I think it's really funny that after it was delayed, 100,000 times that it finally got released in like the one point in cinema's nearly 200 year long history.
0: Where did you get uh, 200 years from?
1: Where, when no one is going to the movies. 100 years. Cinema is over 100 years old.
0: It's over 100 years. I wouldn't call it anywhere near 200 years old.
1: How old is cinema? According to, when was Martin Scorsese born? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so 200 is, years ago <laughs> what is the new mutants about
1: well so it's it's about um sort of a institution for young mutants who are still learning their mm. their x-men powers because, as
0: we all know in the x-men universe uh the the development of your mutational powers is a metaphor mm. for what we go through in puberty in real life mm. and um it's kind of you know people who maybe haven't got their powers under control yet so they're a little bit dangerous
1: yeah yeah and the main the main sort of character um her mutant power is that uh, she can summon a big bear. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh, her name is uh, Danny or Danielle Moonstar. Mm. Psych or Mirage. as She was not in the comics.
1: She can create illusions based on the fears and desires of other people. Ooh-hoo.
0: And um, one power uh, that she does not have is the ability to act. Um <laughs> Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. We're coming out um, coming out pretty, pretty hard here.
1: I've never done a podcast with this energy
0: before. Mm, I've never mm, done this. And <laughs> this is- doesn't New Mutants just feel like the right <laughs> podcast to be sinking our teeth into like this?
1: So this, this basically, like at no point... In the last three years with which we've been teased the release of this movie.
0: Did we think it was going to be good?
1: Did we think it was going to be good? But if you watch our videos, in fact, we made one recently. um, I've been a long time, I've been saying at least they're doing something different. Because it looked to be an X-Men horror movie, which I could get behind. Um, And then it, it dropped. And I was expecting... Maybe not good, but not terrible, and it just got fucking trashed by everyone. Deservedly and, and so. And not just for being bad. Like Anya Taylor Joy's character is just racist, and mm. there's no like point to
0: it. Because and, and and, cause going into it, you think, "Oh, she's the bitch," but yeah. then you realise, "Oh, this is a team up film, and we're supposed to like everyone equally." equally. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah. Yeah, it's a team-up film where you get to know them the whole movie and then in, in the end they all get together to um cooperate and use their powers. And their powers are one guy can do to f- fire, one guy's real fast, um and the others I'm very unclear on because it's <laughs> as someone who does not follow these yeah. X-Men characters, I thought this movie out of all the X-Men movies, did one of the worst jobs of holding casuals fans through it. Mm. It did It did not do a good enough job of saying, this is the superhero and this is the power that they have. Like reading that Moonstar, that Mirage, her power is that she can create illusions based on the fears and desires of other people. That would have been very helpful information if the, if that line was just succinctly, Stated at some point in the movie. Mm. But it right. is also
0: like the twist of the film. So that, I understand okay, their desire okay, fine, to, to keep that to be a little bit of a reveal. Yeah. Um, but, but even
1: even even as the twist, they could say that. But it's yeah, exactly. not. Um,
0: but we've also got uh, Maisie Williams who can turn into a wolf okay uh, that's that's she,
1: i can grasp that one
0: uh and she's also scottish and do you know what for someone who inspired a podcast called are the game of thrones actors even any good she was the highlight of the film
1: oh Maisie williams in in that episode that we did yeah true she, she, she came she, out she the was, best yeah yeah, but yeah, she, yeah she's
0: got uh while i think maybe she's not the strongest actor in the world she's certainly got a screen presence mm. um and I was able to to sort of, it was uh, something to desperately latch on to, uh, to suck some enjoyment out yeah. of the film. Um, but my God, my God. They should have called this movie. <laughs> you ready? What? <laughs> they should have called this movie
1: New Accents because everyone's trying one for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Because bloody... So Anya Taylor-Joy's doing a... Um, a Russian accent. The, the kind of Russian accent you do with your mates when you've never heard a Russian person before. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, What's well, Charlie Heaton from Game of Thrones? He's doing a um Tennessee accent. And he's like... British as hell I think oh, in, really? real, in real life so his accent stuck out I thought oh my god um and Maisie, Maisie Williams was good as rain Sinclair but um it took me three sentences to work out what her accent was what she was trying and to granted when when after three after three sentences I was like okay she's doing a good job but as she started I was like is this American is what is what is this accent um but yeah Continue. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Uh, as I was about to say, uh, <laughs> just to reiterate, uh, Danny Moonstar, the main character, the audience surrogate for this film, what an awful performance! Uh, one of the worst leading performances I've ever seen in a film. Um, this is this is one of those, oh my god, you're trying to act movies, um, where uh, you watch them have some kind of emotional outburst, and you go, oh my god, you were trying as hard as you could, weren't you? <laughs> She had
1: she had a line in this film that I thought was the one of the funniest bad lines I've Mm. heard. You you saw this
0: like a couple of nights ago. I saw like two weeks ago, and I remember there being lines like this. I'm so glad I have you. To so, remember a of them.
1: Here's the setup. Her character is. Um, her backstory is that her father was killed off screen by what we come to learn is the uh, giant bear that um, demon bear. she can summon. The demon bear that she can summon, which. Side note, everyone is always like, Oh, the X men movies are too afraid to go comic booky. They never gave Wolverine his yellow spandex, like why are they they need they need to have the confidence to just go comic booky, and you say that, and then you watch a relatively grounded movie that ends in a giant crash bandicoot boss <laughs> and a <laughs> and also Anya Taylor Joy has like this pterodactyl puppet the whole movie, yeah. and then at the end it's like a living dragon thing and i what the hell is her power
0: what uh, she can power. travel to like a different, a soul dimension or something. That's not like a mutation. A what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What's,
1: what, the, the X-Men movies always are like, because I, I'm annoyed because I think that it's cool to think of mutations and, you know, claws coming out of your hands is, is a mutation. Invulnerability is a mutation. But the ability to travel to other dimensions and make friends with uh, little dragons is not a mutation mm. it's magic you can say it's she's a witch or whatever that's cool anyway
0: uh, anyway the so
1: yes, so, so yeah the the bear the bear is is ravaging and um uh, Danny Moonstar does what all great protagonists should do at the climax of of their film that's centered around them, and she falls unconscious <laughs> while her <laughs> friends drag her around as this demon bear is literally killing them all. Um, and in her like mind palace, um, Danny is like hiding in a tree because she she can't wake up because she's too scared of the demon bear. And then her dad arrives and he's like. Danny I'm here and she's like dad and he's like she's like I'm so scared and he's like I know but you have to wake up sweetie and she goes no the beer is too big <laughs> not like like if I'm writing that line I'm writing no it's too powerful or no I can't defeat it <laughs> but it's the most practical <laughs> imagine that written down you have to wake up is too big <laughs> I just burst out loud. I thought that was so funny. It
0: wasn't the line I thought uh, that uh, that stuck out to me, but it was in the final battle. I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe in the uh, when it's available on on demand in some way i can i can go back and check that out but uh you you've kind of hit on one of the one of the problems uh, i had yeah. with the film um <laughs> which was uh it was very very poorly written very poorly directed and very poorly acted um which i guess also falls under the direction in some way um this is all josh boone's fault <laughs> josh boone uh, is an American filmmaker best known for directing the romantic drama *The Fault in Our Stars*, based on the novel mm. of the same name. And you know what? Why the fuck would you hire him to make your superhero horror film *The New Mutants*? Get one of these Blumhouse guys who are who right. are up and comers, or girls, or get near to to do it. You know, yeah. like w- like there is no shortage of. Horror directors who have worked with small to mid budgets and made these really tense horror movies who were then given blockbusters. Why do you, the one time you want to make a horror blockbuster, (laughs) you flip that on its head and you take uh, the the cancer drama director, uh, Josh Boone, and like – the the thing is with this film, it's not rotten to the core. This is like the 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 the, the treatment for this film. The like scene by scene breakdown of this film is great. Mm. Like, mm. there's nothing wrong with the structure, but then once those uh, those scene descriptions are extrapolated into dialogue, you have your first problem. Uh, a good director, um, like like we saw with um, something like Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, you know, you give that poor script to a good director and they can still make you know a tense kind of uh better looking than it deserves to be filmed and anytime that the script just says like this action plays out like this you get a good sequence because you don't have the shitty dialogue but you have a director who's able to interpret that um but, like, any time there's an attempt to build tension, it just does not work. The trailer is scarier than anything in the film. Oh, uh, to give you true. a specific example of something from the trailer that was quite a, a bit of a jump scare um, that did not play out like that in the film. There's the You may remember from the trailer, uh, not necessarily you, AJ, but the listeners at home, um, oh. might remember there's a bit where um, Tennessee man um, goes and puts his hand up to, uh, like... Uh, washer dryer and then the thing uh, a hand slams on the other side and the whole thing fills with flames and there's like a scream yeah. um in the film what happens is he he looks at it and he goes hmm, and he sort of slowly goes towards it you don't feel the tension building but i was like i know there's a jump scare coming here because it's in the trailer uh, and then he puts his hand on the thing and then there's one frame of like fire inside the washer dryer and then it cuts to a different scene, and then it comes back to him getting scared of the fire. and yeah. it's like it, it's it's not a, it's not a jump scare. it's a flash frame. it's that, yeah. that, that's the kind of thing you remove when the film gets sent to quality control. It's not <laughs> it, it, it's it's like it's literally like someone watched a cut of this film and thought that's too scary. How can we make this not scary? But like because this film famously, was not good enough three years ago. Mm. And then they, they, they scheduled reshoots. Everyone got too busy. They never did the reshoots. And then they said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. this The film we're releasing in 2020 is the same film we were going to release in 2017. Uh, and it's like, yeah, because cause now you're owned by Disney and there's no incentive to make it better.
1: Do you think there's a um, reverse Snyder Cut movement brewing? Where it's like, release the cut you were going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but look you you say why get josh boone when you've got all these horror directors but richard this movie was shot so long ago that this entire new wave of horror in this indie you know the kind of academy loving horror movies that are kind of bubbling to the surface now they didn't really exist what this would have been shot in what 2016
0: yeah but still you had like um a lot of these 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 horror directors had already signed on to things. Like, you think about uh, Doctor Strange had Scott Derrickson, mm. which was his, came from horror. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his face who does the Spider-Man films? Um was his name? John Watts. He came from horror. Um, uh, Adam Wingard is doing Godzilla vs. Kong, mm. which was announced ages ago. He did horror. Um, David F. Sandberg, Shazam. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Like, it, it it seems to be the new thing. So you make, like, a good horror film, and then you get given a yeah. big budget.
1: What I thought, there's a scene I liked in this movie. Oh, nice. yes. And in a better movie, I would have said it was a scene I loved. <laughs> <laughs> so to to its credit, and, and interesting, I didn't actually know this before seeing it, um, which was maybe kind of a... Um, hopeful sign of the times but there is actually a uh lesbian love story between mm-hmm. um danny and rain so Maisie williams just the kind of
0: thing we talk about here at film franchise fortnights after dark
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah um well, film franchise follow-ups after dark
0: fuck actually. yeah
1: um and it, I, I say it's a it's a, it's maybe a a good sign of the times because like
0: it, it wasn't like politicized before the film. It released. wasn't
1: politicized, and in twenty seventeen, it certainly would have been politicized. <laughs> yeah, that, that's
0: why that's why it was delayed for uh, yeah. till a more accepting time. And um, they're like, "Fuck, we forgot to make the film good."
1: <laughs> you you kind of see it developing, and I think maybe because Maisie Williams is quite a good actress. She,
0: she's she's charismatic, and, and it gives yeah. her. It, it's it's at least we've got like one half of chemistry. Because, yeah. um, I mean, poor Maisie Williams is having to against a brick wall.
1: <laughs> so I was watching it develop, and it's 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 unconfirmed until it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't you don't find out they're gay till they kiss till they kiss. And so leading up to that, I was like, I really I like what for all this movie's faults, I really hope it leans into this because you know you've got. Dumbledore syndrome, right? That rife in blockbusters these days where you where you say, Oh yeah, they're gay if you want to read it that way, but if you don't want to, that's okay too. Yeah. You can read it however you want. Um Uh, but yeah, so they they the the asylum that they're stuck in is like protected by this massive force field that's put there by um um I can find out her name. It should be right in front of me. Yes, I believe Dr. you're talking about Cecilia, Cecilia Reyes. Reyes, yep. Um, the only doctor at this facility. That's a violation of <laughs> medical code of conduct, surely. Um and so when you when you like touch this force field, it's sort of like a red bubble. Like, you know, you don't see it till you touch it. And um Rain and Danny sneak out of the asylum one night and they're lying on the ground looking up at the sky and it starts to rain and the rain hits the force field and it goes bloom boom 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 and all these like very beautiful kind of like orangey, you know, it's like they're watching a reverse puddle you know as as the rain hits the
0: oh
1: yeah the, yeah the the orange force field and they then that's when they kiss and that was the most uh moved i was by this movie because it was like yeah they saw something unique and beautiful together which is always a it's a very that's a very filmic experience um and so i enjoyed that but it mm. i've i've had an experience similar to that richard um, if I may share in this After Dark oh, episode, oh baby,
0: you know you can.
1: Um, and while I am a heterosexual person, um, th- this was a, a very romantic experience I shared with two other heterosexual men. Um, oh, where yeah. one day in 2014, me and my buddies, uh, we we drove out to the Marlborough Sounds for a weekend. Um, which is a, a we, what's Mulbra Sounds? It's a Lake. It's a big lake. A
0: big <laughs> romantic getaway.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, and the, we stayed at the state of this cabin, and we heard that there was um, bioluminescent plankton in the in the waters where we were staying. Very romantic. And so we went down there, and we convinced each other to skinny dip, and so I I waded through um, beautifully calm water in um, this massive massive lake well, it's, it's less of a, it, it, it flows out into the ocean. so it's a, whatever kind of body of water that is. Um, and uh, every movement you make, you it's followed by a trail of light, you know, these glows of the of the bioluminescent plankton. and I'm standing there, it's midnight. I'm buck naked. With two of my other straight friends having the most romantic experience of my life <laughs> with wow. this bioluminescent plankton um and that's my story that's, that's my it's me new mutant story
0: and no, but, I mean I'm sure like since then you've had much more uh romantic experiences
1: no I haven't I don't think I ever will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for sharing that uh no problem now this film did not have a post credit scene which we've come to expect in these uh, marvel movies but uh it was originally going to have um a post credit scene uh, featuring the surprise reveal of john hamm as mr sinister mr sinister uh and then fox decided against it because of the follow follow that uh, the following the failure of X Men Apocalypse, uh, and then so then reshoots. They were going to do a different post-credit scene instead, introducing Antonia Banderas um, as Emmanuel de Costa, um, and then Simon Kimberg who's the the man behind the X Men uh, downfall, the uh, fall he, of the X Men. He denied that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's a that's a comic name somewhere. Uh, but he he denied they ever casted. anyone as Mister Sinister. Um, but and he revealed that he was supposed to be featured in the Gambit film, which has now right. been cancelled. That's going to be real man. annoying to listen to this episode. Eh?
1: Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play Warlock, mm. whatever that means. Look, yeah, this was is, planned there, as a this, trilogy. There is so much you could talk about with New Mutants, and I I feel as if we've touched on almost none of the types of talking points we'd usually touch on (laughs) all right well (laughs) do you want to just
0: touch on a bunch of those talking points now
1: well what do you think this would have been like for the future of x-men if if this wasn't the um slow death of the franchise as it is absorbed into disney like what would you have wanted to see all these other X-Men, experimental X-Men films on the horizon? I don't
0: know that there's a world in which this would excite me. Um, Mm. Because, like, the idea of, like, a a trilogy of X-Men horror films, um, which aren't connected to the MCU in any way, and they wouldn't feature any familiar characters, uh, I think it would be, like, cool for the people who like them, but, I mean, you should either, like try to make and, and apparently this is what they did after the success of it um they were like fuck we should market this as a horror movie um, um when it was only ever supposed to have like you know horror kind of undertones uh but then it came out and was super popular and so they they cut the trailer to just feature all of the horror mo- like bits from the film uh yeah. and added some in that weren't even in the film um and then yeah, and then all the delays, and I think they were going to add more horror in the in the reshoots. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that. I, I think it's just maybe that I can't even imagine them being good because um, <laughs> you either need to get like a, a talented director or just go full like um, nightmare and Friday the Thirteenth sequels on it. Like, because this is obviously a a riff on. Uh, Dream Warriors, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, it's essentially yeah. the same movie, uh, but with superpowers, even though Nightmare <laughs> Dream Warriors does have superpowers, essentially. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I will tell you one oh, yeah. thing I did like about the film. Tell um me. And this is probably a pretty stupid thing to mention because it's obviously just in the comics, but I like the idea that the title, the new mutants, um, that these people are actually referred to as new mutants in the film. That it's not just like, it's not just the name of the team, like we're the new mutants, like mm. that, you know, it's just what they call themselves. It's like, no, like when you have just had your mutation, you're referred to as a new mutant.
1: Like in Twilight. Hmm.
0: Um, new other things worth mentioning, um, a lot of people have shared on this film for just reusing some footage from Logan, because you see kids in yeah. other hospitals, and it's just the stuff that um, uh, was shown to Logan in that film, uh, where X-23 was, um, but you know what? I didn't actually have a problem with that. I thought that was like a kind of a nice tie-in. I don't, I didn't recognize it as being the exact same shots. I thought it was like they would have used alternate takes from or right, like, yeah, you know, yeah. just, just, just different footage. Um, but the other thing that that was quite funny is that they, um, so this film sat on a shelf for three years. Um, and in that time, no one thought to spell check uh New Mutants creator Bob McLeod's name um, because the film came out and he's, and he tweeted about it being like, you spot my fucking name wrong.
1: <laughs> what he- a tired, how tired must, must um, Bob McLeod be yeah. right? Like after all of this, I think that this, the Logan stuff, like th- that's how, that's how bad, you know, this movie is, is that a movie is being chastised for having the gall to, feature tie ins to other movies in the same series that it's in.
0: Yeah, the Oscar nominated Logan, like
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's still like, you know, if then a new How MCU dare movie you stand fe- where he stood. <laughs> if a new MCU movie featured scenes from the Oscar nominated Black Panther, it's like, well yeah. <laughs> it's that's in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, Let but I, I guess that there's also
0: a bit of a double standard there um because because here i people see it as lazy whereas in the mcu it's world building
1: it is it's not it's not lazy in this it is world building in this i think
0: yeah it's it's like because because you would imagine that the you know you could imagine that the footage was made public because i guess this takes place before logan technically so
1: and also it doesn't have to be made public because she's having visions she's not when she sees the clips That's what's wrong with it, is that this camcorder filmed footage is supposed to be like a inside her head premonition of what's happened. I agree. (laughs) Well, hey, um I'm very cold. I don't know if you knew this, it's been very cold in Christchurch today. First time in a long time it's been very cold. So I think I'm gonna go over shower and go to bed
0: nice and is this episode are we are we going to get this out before midnight tomorrow yes oh so this will be one of our very first uh, one of very few months where we release uh mm. both of our podcasts on time. and you know
1: because we didn't we didn't want to obstruct Halloween, like october's exclusively halloween themed content with um you know a, a patreon podcast that's not halloween themed oh wait this is the only x-men horror movie it would have been fine to release in october.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe should we record another one tomorrow uh tomorrow okay. we'll something in the morning and we'll get that out before the end of the day and we can save this to for october
1: <laughs> yeah i've just discovered that there's a deadpool
0: short film isn't it just a trailer
1: is that just no good is
0: it called no good deed it is. Yeah, that's that trailer where he's getting changed um, when Stan Lee dies or something. What? No, that was real life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it was, it was the first teaser for Deadpool two. Okay. I believe we've already spoken about it. Ah uh, yeah.
1: Ah uh, yeah. Okay, man. Well, how's hey, good to see you.
0: <laughs> okay, man. Whatever. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Here on uh, film franchise follow ups after dark. I hope you made it to the end of this because this is a weird energy. <laughs> the scary door. <laughs>
1: All right, and that was Film Franchise Follow-Ups with our review of The New Mutants. Hope you enjoyed that. Again, that is our $5 tier over at patreon.com slash So if you like that and you want to hear us talk about more supplementary or additional movies and franchises we've covered before, that's only $5 a month over at patreon.com slash And now we're going to play you an episode of a generic movie podcast where we discuss M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. okay that just happened
0: okay (laughs) this is happening
1: it's happening hey richard can i ask you a question yeah what's been happening
0: oh what's been happening with me um happening phrases (laughs) imagine if this movie was called the haps (laughs) (laughs) oh man this um this is just an accident waiting to happen (laughs)
1: <laughs> ah, i reckon this movie's called the happening because he couldn't think of another title for it i've yeah. always thought that it's just the title the happening is just like Th- that could be any movie it could be any movie if something happens is arguably the only thing that has to happen in a story yeah um and even then some people i guess get away with it um, without it. Uh yeah, anyway, welcome to Generic Movie Podcast. On the Cold Pop of Patreon, I'm AJ, joined by Richard, and we're gonna talk for uh, a little bit what's happening evening. fuck i fucked it up Fuck! fuck a little bit of a little The of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a and Wikipedia says Betty Buckley, who I don't know who that is, but
0: it does star Spencer Breslin. She's the she's the old woman who thinks that she's gonna be killed in her sleep.
1: What? No. <laughs> what? No. Oh my god. All right. So this movie, um What this- happens? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, anything or everything. The title he came with the title first, actually,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and back. Um Yeah, so this this film is about uh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg is a a Philadelphia high school science teacher. Um, perfect casting, um, and uh, all of a sudden, in one day, at, in New York City, in in Central Park, people start committing mass suicide. And, and then- I do just want to stop
1: there and say, like, if you're one of our more sensitive listeners the unfortunate reality of this movie is that it's very funny, but it is also about suicide. So use your own judgment for how, how, if you want to listen to this one or not, we won't, Um, obviously we won't make mean jokes in in that regard, but
0: yeah, the, 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 the the hilarity of the mass suicides become, comes from the kind of like
1: the poor storytelling, the poor storytelling (laughs) and
0: the like the, yeah, the, the, and this poor direction, but, um, yeah so essentially the the, the titular happening is uh, mass suicide, so there's something um believed to be a an airborne neurotoxin uh, bioterrorism uh it causes people all over the northeastern United States to kill themselves um and then so that we have a little our little group of survivors, as with every apocalyptic film uh which slowly gets smaller and smaller. Uh, and it's essentially looking for a safe haven until they just find a little cottage uh, in the middle of nowhere and then just the next morning it just stops
1: yeah so it ends up being that it's from the plants yeah um, pla- which is which is
0: interesting and- so let, let's talk about this so it's it's mentioned all throughout the film and it's like heavily implied throughout the entire film that it's some kind of um uh, was like a spore um yeah. led off by the plants and i i knew the one the one of the things i knew about this film is that everyone hated the twist that it was the wind that did it everyone's like that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard the wind is killing people oh they they're trying to outrun the wind um and it's this big twist um and it's it's not really a twist it's just it's like it's information that's given to you throughout the film um mm. and also it's not the wind doing it
1: yeah no, it's the plants. It's, I think it's less of a twist. That, so, do you never seen this before? Oh, I hadn't. No. Oh wow. Okay. I I used to have a poster of this in my bedroom when I was a teenager <laughs> because I was um I've I've talked a bit before about how much I love the movie Signs, which was a couple of movies before this and right on the cusp of like how how willing you're letting you're going to let yourself watch. How far you're gonna you're willing to let yourself watch an M Night Shyamalan film? Um, <laughs> for a lot of people, and so this is well off the deep end. I think. Um, I think I don't think it's that it's the twist i think that originally the idea that it could be the plants is presented to you earlier in the film as like a wacky joke from a lunatic character right and so i think i think the problem is the movie itself goes wouldn't that be stupid and then it is that
0: (laughs) right okay yeah
1: which I think I think is part of, and it is stupid it is stupid mm. it's 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 dumb and and it's and it's there's like a scene where he talks to a, a tree and it ends up being plastic and like I I'm sure it's supposed to be comedic but because um Mark Wahlberg and M. Night Shyamalan is like a toxic cocktail of whatever what's the opposite of self-awareness <laughs> like yeah right like putting those two together you're not going to be able to differentiate between the scenes that aren't supposed to be funny and the scenes that are supposed to be funny. yeah
0: like like I the thing is, so this movie, um, famously a very bad film. Um,
1: famously, right? Like like a defining... Uh, I feel like it's a defining bad film. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like same way that Suicide Squad is kind of like the defining bad movie of the 2010s. I feel like this is the defining bad movie of the
0: 2000s. Uh, no, I would say the rumours.
1: Okay, but the rumours <laughs> like in another...
0: Yeah, um, but this dear, is, this is to me. It's on the same kind of level as the room. Like it this is a, right. This is yeah. a bad movie, but I had a blast God, watching it. What a joy
1: watching this movie! And here's the thing about me is I don't like watching bad movies. I we watch so many that i enjoy good ones and even people who are like like there's a couple of cats in our discord who are like oh we 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 sorry i shouldn't do a voice action problem with them doing it it's just they love bad movies and stuff and it's like that's cool and i get it i just i hate it but there's something magic about the happening
0: there's well yeah something- and, and, and yeah it's, it's that it's that curve of of minus 10 to 10 in terms of quality mm. um is that like yeah because i've always said that for me the worst thing a film can be is boring i wasn't bored at all watching this film um mm. like you're, you're waiting <laughs> to see what happens and how like I, like there wasn't a moment in this film where i i barely looked at my phone i was yeah, like yeah. because it's just like you didn't want to miss anything because it's so funny it's I a comedy think the
1: f- the first half of the film is more entertaining than the second half i actually think shy had three quarters of a script and then got to that point and was like uh like her to a couple of houses. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> doesn't know how to end it. Um- Oh my god, yeah. It is so funny because of how bad the acting is. Mark Wahlberg, terrible in this film. Oh, yeah. Zoe Deschanel, terrible in this film. Yeah, she film. talks
0: about in the film about not liking showing emotions. It's like yeah. that's why you're not a good actress.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's so funny, man. And like, so this is, this is 17% on Ron Tomatoes, and I rated it one star on Letterboxd, but I also liked it. And I yeah, think nice. that's crucial, right? Yeah. Like it's like whether or not you like something is is irrelevant from your star ranking
0: yeah like if you were at a party or like a get-together and someone's like let's put on the happening you wouldn't be like oh no that movie's so bad you'd be like fuck yeah everyone get around
1: (laughs) yeah so here's here's some funny things that i think are in this movie um right at the start you see like a like a, an example of what's to come right like the the you see two two women sitting on a park bench and one of one them which is dakota noticing... johnson
0: who is it is she... yeah really oh i didn't know yeah. she um and she's she's the one of course who um started to bring down the um uh the empire of ellen
1: Mm, yes i actually really like Dakota johnson despite i don't think i've really seen a role that i've <laughs> of hers that i've particularly enjoyed i just think she's cool um
0: anyway. wait uh, maybe it wasn't she's not on wikipedia um let me have a look i swear it was her
1: there's a girl i recognized next to her
0: oh she didn't start her acting career until the social new egg. who the fuck okay. was it then what the hell
1: <laughs> it's a it's it's definitely a recognizable actress who i don't who I no longer like couldn't couldn't place. So it's not Dakota Johnson. Um, I'm anyway, going to pull it
0: up while you talk.
1: Yeah, okay. So what I found funny about this scene is that it's supposed to show you what happens. So there's two girls, one of them's talking normally, and then all of a sudden the other one starts repeating that she can't find her place in her book. And the normal one looks around, sees everyone's frozen. And then you get the shot where the, the one that's lost her mind pulls out her hairpin and stabs it into her neck. And it's filmed so that she's, so that you see the the crazy girl in the foreground and the the yet to go crazy girl in the background of the shot, and the crazy girl stabs herself in the neck, the side facing the camera, so yeah. that the normal girl doesn't see it, and so of course she doesn't react because she doesn't see it, and it's not that she should have reacted it's that that's bad blocking because you get this horrific scene of someone stabbing themselves in the neck and the the audience surrogate just sort of staring blankly not realizing it's happened (laughs) like obviously she should stab the other side of her her head so that the girl sees it and reacts to it and it all goes down from there as just like a series of like um really weird acting decisions it's
0: the main girl from cabin in the woods who i'm uh, now also realizing isn't dakota johnson
1: (laughs) yeah um and it's it's just a bunch of poor well not poor acting decisions it's more like they filmed a bunch of different ways to do things and then stitched in the edit booth was like incongruent reaction shots to different mm. things like there's, there's one part where they're on the run the main character's on the run And there's like the crazy guy who first brings up that it could be plants and there's this real weird scene where he's like we're gonna go stop at a house and pick up some stuff for hot dogs do you like hot dogs and mark ruffalo sort of like looks around no, Mark Wahlberg. Sorry, Mark Wahlberg looks around, sort of like he didn't hear him, and just sort of like shakes his head, and then he looks at Zoe Deschanel and goes, "Do you like hot dogs?" And it cuts to cuts to a close up of Zoe Deschanel, Right, so it's a new take, potentially a new performance. Right, and she sort of laughs and shakes her head politely, as if you would to someone being like, um, you know asking you a sarcastic question and you're just being like haha no thank you but it's so weird it's yeah. such a weird reaction and then, but
0: then he uh, to m night's credit he is <laughs> eating hot dogs in the next scene <laughs>
1: that's true
0: that um, is but true. yeah there's like this thing because um the the one of the main kind of big conflicts in the film is that zoe deschanel's character um had tiramisu with someone else <laughs>
1: Dino, you know, um, and you hear the you hear the voice briefly and that's M. Night Shyamalan's yeah, yeah. voice. So that's um, his cameo in this one.
0: Uh, yeah, and he so she's like guilt ridden and then they're 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 worried they're gonna die and she says, I have to tell you, I I <laughs> I had dessert with this guy from work and I told you I was working late but I wasn't. I was getting dessert. And he goes You lied to me? You lied to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so great because it's the it's the type of conflict that would drive like an episode of Bob's Burgers, but it's it's obviously like placed in because yeah. he, they didn't want to have her full on cheat on him. Right.
0: Yeah. But it's, then
1: it's supposed to be like a a relationship reconciling, but they yeah. don't want to Well no, so they have that, that moment and then
0: a couple of scenes later um Mark Warburg's character reveals um I was in the drugstore. And, <laughs> um, and there was, the, there was this cute girl and I, I, I almost bought some chapstick what was it? Cough syrup. Cough syrup. I almost bought some cough syrup. It's, it was six bucks. Superfluous cough syrup. I almost bought it. And it's like, and that, that's actually what, that's actually the dialogue from the scene. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then she's like, are you joking? And he goes, yeah. And, and then that's it. And then the, 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 argument is resolved
1: i just i like and we've talked to, i don't know if we've talked about this on pod we've certainly talked about it in our friendship like if a character cheats on their um partner it has to be under very specific circumstances for me to not opt out of the film entirely yeah. like if a main character like it's, I, I don't know it, yeah. just it, it's I a very it so, um, like
0: millennials trying yeah. to work out life um like that genre of netflix yeah, show yeah. it's in all of them
1: Yeah, and I hate, I think it ruins characters. But in this case, it's like she kind of needed to cheat on him a little bit more than just what she did. (laughs) She
0: needs to like have had feelings or thought she had feelings for him, so they went out for dessert. Like, like, honestly, if I was told Jess is like, oh, I went out for dessert with a girl from work, she'd be like, okay, well, like. Did you bring me any home <laughs> like
1: <it? laughs> Oh, my God. It's so good. And there's a part where um, John Leguizamo, he decides he has to go find his wife in Princeton, which is the opposite direction of where they're going. And he leaves his daughter with, with Wahlberg and Deschanel because he's like, you know, she'll be safer with you. And he's like, please, you've got to take her. And he's he's like pleading with them. And he's like, I've got to go. And then Zoe Deschanel like reaches out to grab the girl's hand. And John Leguizamo goes, don't grab my daughter's hand unless you... <laughs> <laughs> at least you're prepared to, unless you meet it. And it's like, you're the one offering, bro. It's so, it's so funny, man. There's something so magical about this film. And I think it's because it feels like, I think it's because the filmmaking technically is as good as any Hollywood blockbuster, well, uh, right? Well, th-
0: there is a lot of weird shots in it. Like the the, the new shot you mentioned of of um, Zoe Deschanel, there's a lot of that in the film. Like it cuts mm. these weird close-ups. Sure. Um, okay.
1: So may- maybe the editing isn't, but like it's filmed with fine lighting. It you know, stars it, it, actors. Yeah. 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 But it feels like it was written by an 11 year old. Mm. Like, and, and it, specifically it, it's, an 11 year old, not a 15 year old. It's not edgy enough. An 11 year old who doesn't understand stories. It, it's
0: very, um, like birdemic shock yeah, and terror. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like a high budget yeah. birdemic. Um, and I think that's so special, and that's that is the same reason I like the room, is because it's fascinating. It's it's someone who was able to make, who had the money to make yeah. their passion project, but they knew nothing. They shouldn't have. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. The, the thing about like about the room, and that, that a lot of people, you know, something like Legally Blondes doesn't make that same kind of. It's just as fucking bad, but yeah. it's um they're not trying as hard and that's the thing about like (laughs) about you can imagine m night Shyamalan reading his final like finishing a script and being like fuck this might be my masterpiece like this is going to be a tense Mm. thriller i'm going to get some really nerdy science guy to play the science teacher um (laughs) a michael j
1: fox type like a (laughs) yeah
0: yeah
1: (laughs) um yeah no absolutely and i think um Like, these days, The Last Airbender is is what you talk about when you talk about M. Night Shyamalan's darkest days. Mm. But I think The Happening is somewhat of an overlooked piece of dog shit (laughs) in his filmography these days. And maybe it's because it does have that fun to it um, Mm. that, that you don't get. But, like it it's because i was because when i was i was trying to think like what who wrote you know what does it feel like it's written this and i landed on like 11 10 to 11 right because if this was 15 it'd be a 15 year old wrote this it'd be way more um sexy and and edgy i think and try to be about something more where this is more like because i'm a film tutor right so i i'm constantly punching up students scripts right you know what i mean (laughs) I'm, i'm constantly being like you could do this to change this so that this has more resonance but some ideas are just rotten so i'm You know, I'm adding bookends to a bad story, but now it's a bad story with bookends. And that's what (laughs) this feels like, is that it's a bad idea and someone a little bit more capable went through it and went, okay, well, you could make it a a climate change allegory. You could put a a little bit of that in there.
0: You could have the, the honeybees disappear.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could reference um, how some things are just acts of nature at the start. This is literally a note I would give a student if they gave me the script for The Happening. I'd say, mention at the start that sometimes nature can't be explained. Yeah. Right, because, you know, and then at the end it, it comes back, and it's almost a – um, it, it's echoes of – It's a bookend uh, uh, in a shitty movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's echoes of Walter White and Breaking Bad talking about growth and decay, you know. It's <laughs> like that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so – yeah, it's it's the situation where it's like, it feels like there's a dumber version of the happening and then someone slightly older combed through it and added a, a touch more maturity and was like, all right, you make this character's... Uh, um, they have a rocky relationship. And then they gave them the note, the character should have the rocky relationship. And then the 11 year old went back and, and wrote these gaudy expositional dialogue scenes <laughs> where Zooey Deschanel's like, I can't do this. I have trouble showing my emotions. <laughs> it's like, don't, not like that, not like that. <laughs> Show, him, don't tell. Um, and so I think, I think this is such a fascinating and fun movie because of that. Um, and I could go on and on about different examples of, of similar things happening. Ah, I do have a um, fun piece of trivia about this film that is very specific to me. Okay. Um, Would you like to hear it? Yes. Okay, so in the scene, it's, it's, it's somewhat of a famous scene in the film. It's right before... So, so the, there's sort of two groups of people walking through a field and the, there's like a group maybe 100 metres behind another group walking mm-hmm. through a field. And then whatever the plants are doing, whatever the wind is doing, it gets the group behind but not the group in front. Is yeah. that, you know, is, am I explained it clearly enough? Um, and so the group behind all start killing themselves while the group in front can't do anything and it's famous because there's because people for some reason are asking mark Wahlberg what to do and he's like just give me a second why can't someone just give me a goddamn second and it's just oh my god it's such a funny reaction (laughs) to to leadership to be a reluctant leader people are dying and you're like just give me a second um but earlier in that scene the way it kicks off is that there's a there's a soldier in, in between the two groups and he stops and suddenly starts like saying My rifle is my friend, sort of thing, and kills himself. Um, But one of the extras in the background, so one of the the survivors in the crowd, um, Mm. is actually Greg Jahanian, who is the bassist for a little band called Me Without You, which is my favourite band. You see him in one shot, and canonically he dies. (laughs) Um, And I, I remember it was posted to the Me Without You subreddit once, being like, haha greg is in the background of of the happening and it is it is him it's clearly him and it's so funny to see that and like the um just the the that scene i remember that scene from when i first watched it as well because one of the things that spins off on that is they work out that you have to be in small groups to not get affected yeah um, which is then subsequently ditched later on in the film when you're supposed to think the three of them are gonna die from being alone together um but uh, I thought I think that's the only good thing about the concept, in my mm. opinion. And You're I the sure idea there's, that there's,
0: there's no uh, Google results that include both Greg Johaney and Junior. Yeah, they and won't the be.
1: They won't be. He's not it's not a big enough band. He's not a famous enough person. You could add thing. him on Facebook. That's how you know <laughs> not famous he is. Um But the the I think a post-apocalypse, like a post-apocalypse story. Where the clincher is, you can't be in groups bigger than three or four. Yeah, has dramatic tension to it. You know, you'd break up families. You'd, you know, you'd, you'd have to keep away from other groups of three or four. And like, I'd watch it. I'd watch a TV show like that. You know,
0: I think mm, that's a cool The Walking idea.
1: Dead. Yeah, The Walking Dead, but you can't have groups larger than four. Well, that's
0: essentially when um, God, who was it? Greg Nicotero took over as showrunner. Um, right, no, not Greg Nicotero. He's too good. Um uh yeah um that it was like okay we've got this massive cast let's just split them up into groups of three or four and then so each episode ends on a cliffhanger but you don't see that group again for like six episodes
1: right i don't know if i'd want that i'd want it to like focus on one group and maybe it's like a family that had to split into two Mm. because they had six members you know something like that um but yeah, I I don't know. I think what like what do you have any more thoughts to to give us on the happening?
0: Um, what, well, d- uh, dude? Where's my sequel? Oh,
1: of course, yes.
0: Um, well, that's mine. That's I just gave you mine. Nice. <laughs> mine is called Le Happening. <laughs> um, because the film ends in France. That like it the w-
1: it would be called Le Happening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um that yeah, you changed the
1: word the instead of the word happening. <laughs> and that's your sequel. Le happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Shall we see what um English to French enter text? The happening. L'evenement. Wait. L'événement. Um actually let's go on the happening. This imdb page and you know it says like what it's known as in other countries mm. um oh, i feel like this would have this could have good alternate titles Huh? i can't find it also knows um we've sensed it oh this is yeah the, the tagline for this film do you remember this i should yeah because this was after The it? Sixth Sense and Signs, The Village. Oh, it was,
1: no, it was too.
0: We've sensed it. We've seen the signs. Now it's happening.
1: <laughs> and this very much is like, this feels like Signs too in a lot of ways. It feels like he was interested in a lot of the themes of Signs and tried to replicate that Yeah. Um, to not a very good effect. Uh, but, hey, man. Um, some interesting stuff from the Wikipedia page just scrolling down it was originally called The Green Effect uh, mm. and no one wanted to buy it <laughs> 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 and he rewrote it god this is a rewrite um, <laughs> here's some we've got some critic reviews here um, da da Uh, Glenn Whip said tamping down the self-seriousness in favour of some horrific silliness M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening plays a genuinely enjoyable B-movie for anyone who's inclined or able to see it that way. That's such a good way to put it because I don't think it is intentional but Mm. if I was M. Night Shyamalan I'd be like yeah it was intentional. I cast Mark Mm. Wahlberg. It's an intentional B-movie Kirk Honeycutt of The Hollywood Reporter the film lacked cinematic intrigue and nail-biting tension and the central menace does not pan out as any kind of friday night entertainment these are fun these are very fun. stephen king commented on it of fox's two summer creep shows the other being the x-files i want to believe i give the edge to the happening partly because m night Shyamalan really understands fear partly because this time he's completely let himself go hence the R rating and partly because after lady in the water he has something to prove <laughs> lady in the water's one that doesn't get talked about too much anymore
0: yeah well because because lady in the water was kind of like i think flew under the radar a little bit and just was like oh yeah that's maybe a flop this was very clearly like yo this is real bad he's 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 not good anymore
1: yeah yeah oh mark Wahlberg's commented on it
0: yeah of his Jordan's own opinion of the hap-
1: happening say- saying that Amy Adams who was in consideration for the role of Alma Moore had dodged the bullet by not starring in the film and he said it's a really bad movie fuck fuck it it is what it is you can't blame me for not wanting to try to play a science teacher at least I wasn't playing a cop or a crook About Wahlberg's reaction, Shyamalan said he's fine about his opinions, since that would be the only case of that happening. No, but really no. It's totally his call, however he wants to interpret it. This sounds like a drama between Shyamalan and Wahlberg.
0: This is great. (laughs) Uh. Um, But I think that's all we have to say about the film, yeah? Other than just continue to read its Wikipedia page. I do want to say thank you to Dimitri, who suggested this. Mm-hmm. we don't often yes, uh, you, mention who suggested the, the film but uh there you go dimitri a little shout out just it, for you. It,
1: it highlights that the same people keep winning so
0: we generally <laughs> shy <laughs> away from it
1: um yeah cool so thank you for listening everybody i hope you enjoyed our thoughts on yeah, the happening
0: i i enjoyed and... the happening all right see you next time bye bye <laughs> that just happened <laughs> All right, that
1: was Generic Movie Podcast with our thoughts on The Happening. That is over on Patreon. If you donate only $10 a month, you get access to that podcast where you actually get to suggest and vote on which movie we cover as well so it's a lot of fun very similar to how we do our one dollar tier which is where if you donate a dollar a month then you get to suggest and vote on which franchises we cover on the main show uh, and there is also of course a 15 dollar tier called cult elders where if you join you get access to a secret discord server where you get to be part of the conversation we have in the episode and uh yeah speaking of discord that's one of the places you can support us for free if you don't want to or can't uh give us any money which is perfectly fine there is still a way to support us over on the discord you can join the discord um, and be amongst the community let us know what you think of each episode or you can follow us on twitter or instagram or you can email us at coldpotchmedia.com at gmail.com, cultpopturemedia at gmail.com, and tell us your thoughts. Hope you enjoyed this Patreon sample pack volume six. Uh, We should be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week, Uh, but hope you guys enjoyed this, and um, please, again, if you would like to hear more, if you'd like to support, head on over to patreon.com slash cultpopture.